practicing for release. Is there any practice aimed on release? So the trajectory of knowing, jnana, jnana, knowing, based upon viveka, based upon viraga, based upon niroda, ripening in vortsaka. So dependent on disengagement, dependent on dispassion, dependent upon stopping, ripening in complete relinquishment. This is uh, all the cultivation of the um, enlightenment factors and the Brahma-vihara are held to, this is the excellence, this is their culmination. This knowingness, jnana, gives rise to or ripens in anya, realization. So this is a something, a quality whereby the jnana quality is not, uh, uh, doesn't linger on. Uh, it reviews the aggregates with dispassion. Mm. It's not designating them as this or that, and belonging to somebody, or should be, could be, if only what it will develop into. It doesn't do the de- designating, just reviews the aggregates as jnana dasanam, yatabhutang jnana dasanam. This is the way things have become. Jnana, knowing, dasanam, seeing, yatabhutam, it has become like this. This is what the world of becoming is presented. If you want to expand that, considering causes and conditions in this world of becoming and sensuality and karma, this this is what there is. It has to be like this because of this and this and this. And you begin to maybe see the factors dependent upon ignorance, dependent upon one's own ignorance, the ignorance of others around you, dependent upon craving, disorientation, desperation, greed, fear, delusion. And of course, good amount of goodwill, perseverance, resilience and um, skillfulness. We arrive at this, it's this. It's become like this. This is what's become. Dependent factors, skillful, unskillful, deliberate, accidental, seeing it like this. It's like this. And so there's no trembling around that. Saying when one doesn't tremble, how could there be dying? How could there be birth? How could there be a passing away? 
because this is not this knowing is not bound in time. Mm. We have various practices that we can undertake, largely under the headings of samatha and vipassana. Of course, there are specific people develop specific systems and techniques to to fine tune those uh, processes. I think one should also be careful of uh, what suits you. You These are just systems and practices that you may take to, may suit you, you may end up getting tangled in them. You may find yourself frustrated because it doesn't quite work for you. But essentially the suttas don't really have uh, detailed systems, I guess they left it up to individual teachers to develop, present them in accordance with their own skills, ways and means. But it said, you know, one who says, how is the mind made steady? How is the mind made brought to singleness, steadiness? Whatever you do that's a response to that is called the direction of samatha, which steadies, makes the mind still, gives it some foundation. And whenever you inquire into what are the conditions that support this, how did this come to be, uh, given this, what factors supported it, what factors increased it, what factors, you know, uh, what's, this, what's this state of being dependent on, when you any any Inquiry, investigation, you follow along that line is called vipassana, insight, seeing into uh, where one emphasis is towards to make things unified and the other emphasis is to pick everything apart. Seemingly contradictory, but not quite. Mm. And it's, uh, you know, before you can really pull things apart, you have to have a definite thing you can. Uh, focus on and a skill in focusing, a steadiness. So the steadiness helps to sustain one's focus, um, and in the steadiness, one's mind loses its um, distractedness, agitation, dullness, energy, imbalances, whereby it's not really able to to hold the right kind of focus. Mm-hmm. So samatha, I think, is so essential. In that, uh, you know, to come out of the very um, multifaceted and multidirectional uh, activities of the mind, that we are, and energies, which are often quite scrambled, so you go slack and dull and then hyper and over and under and so on. So before we can really have a sustained focus to examine, one needs to be able to have a, you know, a focus that feels comfortable and sustainable. And what is this, fo- what focus is? Focus is a matter of intention, citta, or intentional quality, and then the citta comes first because that's that which has to be uh, respected and that which suffers, that which gets confused. It has to be respected and, you know, supported. So what, what, what will it favour? 
what will it pick up? So and then the, the intention that can come from that, where one feels inspired, interested, uh, accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, so intention has to be picked up, faith, energy. Mm-hmm. So one of the energies able to collect. Then uh, an attention, you find something you can rest your in, your chitta upon, your awareness upon an object, a resting of awareness on a, the specification of an object is called attention. We create a certain area within the cosmos to stay with this. That's called attention, to create a, a zone, you could say, and then you keep resting your awareness, reading it in that. Mm-hmm. So sati, mindfulness, and uh, steadying. Mm. 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 And as we mind settles, we can begin to review what even what settles is still vibrant, moving, shifting, dependent, not self. Mm. What's it dependent on? Skillful factors, dependent upon bodily energy, dependent upon mental attention, mm. supported by happiness, mm. ease, comfort, calm. So it's this, therefore it's like this. Mm. And it's that that's the realization, therefore it's like this. <laughs> Doesn't sound like much, does it? But it's what isn't there that counts. It's not the, now I am at this, now I know this, now I've got here. Is this this? Is this this? What should I do next? It's just, this is, it's like this now. And that, that quality has got no, no intention in it. It's not claiming anything, it's not deducing anything, it's not removing anything, it's not claiming anything, it's just, it's like this now. And that sounds sort of modest, but, you know, how many, how many times can you actually arrive at that, that quality of it's just like this now, without something coming up and trying to change it? Yeah, or, or or make something out of it. How can that that bareness, whereby instead of concoctions, there's some mood comes in, some pressure, doubt. And the source of this movement is self-consciousness. Consciousness that takes self as its theme. Um, ahankara, the self-making mind. So am I this, am I that, what will I be? Have I really got it yet? Mm. And this is when it's good. Uh-huh. So to even get through to to that degree of of just that sort of uncertainty, 
is, is pretty good because a lot of the time we just hit all the accumulations of self, personal history, personal tangles, um, on, ongoing stories, concerns about ourself, uh, various wounds and um, lost, lost beauties that we, we feel are still poignant for or hurt by and constricted by. So just the opening and clearing of the self arena itself is, you know, so that one isn't just constantly hitting this stuff. This is what Samatha and Vipassana are about. So you see, these are our, our main practices, as practices, but they're not realization. They're the ones that make realization possible. Niroda, stopping what's something has passed, something has finished. Have you acknowledged that? Have you noticed that? Oh, that's not there. That nagging, that festering, that wavering, that anchoring, that being filled with something. So as you sit down, seems okay, and then you start to fill with preoccupation. Mm. What's it like when for a moment, or that's not there, or some of it's not there? Do you notice that? Or you know, can you let yourself rest in that? Unbusy, unoccupied. Or do you something start getting impatient, agitated, should be doing something? Hmm. Trying to figure it out. So we always return again to intentionality and contemplate, you know, what is intentionality um, for an ordinary person? They intend to what? become something, to become happier, certainly, um, to become clearer, to become wiser, to become something, and of course, all sorts of other mingled, perhaps unverbalized issues. One's trying to arrive at somewhere where it will be something better than this. Mm. So intention of that nature, intention to understand things, to arrive at complete knowledge, full understanding of why, of how, of where, of who, of where next. Mm. To become more concentrated, deeper, steadier, more sublime. For longer periods. 
Isn't this the kind of directions the intention goes in? When it's not doing the really stupid stuff like mounting campaigns against <laughs> the, the, the wrongs that have been done or mounting the criticism against oneself or, you know, constantly fabricating strategies for things that haven't arisen, you know, the plan. When it's doing the really stuff, you think, wow, this is crazy, you know. Why is it? And then what does it take to just alleviate becoming, that kind of becoming which is based upon ill will, um, fear, disorientation, doubt, anxiety. So at least one's becoming is, is a little more, you know, beautiful. Uh, one's intention is towards something more nourishing than this stuff. And then contemplating becoming the energy of intentionality. And I think as we practice meditation, we, we do have to keep reviewing this. The forcefulness or the faint-heartedness, the willfulness, the pushiness, or the um, goal orientation, or, or just getting distracted in details. So for this reason, I'm always rather wary about um, the efforts to concentrate. What's it based upon? Where's it going? Mm. Is it something that buys into becoming something? And just wary, not certainly not prohibiting, but cautious of that. Mm. There is a kind of concentration which is not so much concentration of willpower. There is a concentration, not so much a concentration of the, you know, of the mano faculty of self. I call this devotion. And as you recognise in retreats and. There's a good amount or, of devotional practice, of devotion to the Triple Gem, service. Uh, this one, one just gives oneself, loosely speaking. Uh, and this is not just decoration. There's a certain training of the chitta to come forth, to put forth energy, sati, mindfulness, skill, into something which is just like an offering, just an opening, an offering, that kind of energy, rather different from I will be. There's no I will be in that. Well, I find it difficult to instruct an I will be out of, out of puja or devotional practices. Many people certainly have found them rather difficult because uh, what you're devoted to, is it some kind of God? thought we got beyond that. Pointless. 
you know, Sunday sort of stuff or whatever it reminds us of in terms of these uh, archaic and perhaps meaningless de- derelict rituals. Mm. Mm, yeah, which is all totally understandable, but mm. still, to me, it remains more meaning more meaningful now than than many years ago, because it is this sense of just chitta arising and in a in a gesture of opening, giving. But it's not clumsy; it's carefully tuned and tuned to the group and to a traditional form even though the traditional form isn't something I would personally you know I might have made it different but I'm not a tradition <laughs> you know the words don't always work or this that this that but it's not mine and that's part of it it's a sense of being able to do something that's not mine not exactly how I would do it and then just train oneself to just because you know it's that edge of self that you know needs to be released from that taking things herself that measuring things in terms of self that valuing things in terms of what it, for me, what I'll get to, what I'll arrive at, uh, measuring things in that way. And at the time just reviewing that, that, that mindset, which is normally completely, totally understandable, is the way of the world, one way or another. It isn't necessarily associated with evil but doesn't get beyond self because that's where it starts and that's as far as it goes it just extends the domain we domesticate the Dhamma we attempt to and there's a feeling of when do do we get a chance to really put it all down uh, not in a not in a kind of feeble way, but in relinquishment or sucker, mm. and something that's done beautifully, joyfully, fully measured, clearly. It's not just a kind of ecstatic blast, but a careful this, this, this you know, lift the heart, and to even get to the chitta. <laughs> You know, it can take take some time. Normally we're operating just through our thoughts, isn't it? And our conditioned emotions or our conditioned preferences and feelings and perceptions, and in brief, the aggregates, are operating through the particular form that these aggregates have taken that have become myself. And they do this, it doesn't fit my aggregates. You know, I don't, these words don't work for me. You know. I wouldn't say it quite like that. These perceptions, Buddha, enlightened one, yeah, very good, but doesn't really, it's a bit airy-fairy or, you know, past or whatever one wants to, 
one can take of these things, devotional, I don't really get that, perhaps too florid, and so on and so on. So it doesn't quite meet meet my aggregate of perception. Like, well, yeah, but what does? (laughs) So this relinquishment and a certain devotion to it is relinquishment of the aggregates. Mm. No, I mean, certainly Puja is just a one feature in a, in a day, a kind of a tone setter. It's not by no means it's at the end of the practice. It's just something that you you get a flavour for that quality of just bring it forth, you know. And doesn't details don't matter too much. It's just the sense of general direction and something we feel. Yeah, the, the general meaning of it is something one feels uh, respect for. Awakening, truth, community of commitment, and practitioners. Yeah. This style isn't quite, but it doesn't matter. This is, yeah. Or you may feel it's too, you know, I'm not good enough for it. Yeah. This is this perception of oneself. But there's something we just just shove that off to the side and you go to the centre of it. And sometimes people take to this quite quite quickly. The jitter comes forth in that. And some people, it, it doesn't come forth in it. We just get stuck in the perceptions and the, um, you know, of it, the form of it. So these are all, you never know where, where the jitter's going to come forth, where it's going to, some sort of quality of very, primary sensitivity, heart, comes forth. And you, you, so naturally, you know, it's associated with perception and action and so forth and intentionality, but intentionality is of a slightly different gearing. It's not about self-becoming something. It's just to do the beautiful to offer the beautiful. Mm. Let it go. Let the sound dissolve. Let it go. Uh, this is just a you know, kind of like a metaphor or analogy of what Vosaka mm. relinquishment, release. Mm. So this the root this word is Vosaga also in the um, Anapanasati has the word patinitsaga, so it's very it's a similar root, this this sago. And it means you give up something that's not yours. You relinquish it, you give it back. It's something like throwing it back or completely giving it back, giving it up. It doesn't mean destroying it. It means uh, like it never was yours. That's why it didn't work. You know, it's like if we take the aggregates to be the hired servants that we took into our house who turned out to be assassins. This is the time when the householder says, get out of my house. This is my house, not yours. (laughs) We let the aggregates take over. 
our awareness, our heart, our intentions. We're there, make me this, make me that, feed me this, give me that, become this, become that. I want one of these, I don't like that. And we followed it, thinking this will make it all good. And then they nagged some more, and they gave us a quick kick every now and then. Didn't do it hard enough, didn't do it good enough, didn't do it well enough, try again, more. And at the time you've got to say, look, shove off. <laughs> it's my house. <laughs> this, is, this is what we call throwing it back, giving it back. Giving yourself back to yourself, you could say. Giving chitta back to itself. Seeing that which has become, it's just that which has become. The aggregates have become this way. This body has become like this. I could have it another way, but become like this because of conditions and causes and food and occasional accidents and birth traits and DNA and stuff like that. Here it is. Yeah. (laughs) This is... And then this thinking mind has become like this. And then this karmic stuff with its poignancy and its urges and its fears and desperations and its joys and proclivities has become like this because of conditions and causes. This is what Samatha Vipassana shows us. So the condition for the arising of Jnana Dasana is... Uh, samadhi, when it's collected, it's a collectedness of the jitta. Jitta is steadied. And that steadying review of this is the insight practice, reviewing perceptions, skillful perceptions, become because of this, dependent upon this state of mind, the state of concentration, the state of absorption, or this lack of absorption, or somewhat absorption, perceptions, that is, the nuances, the atmospheres, the mindsets, are like this. And they've been brought into being. And it's perceptions. So, that will change. We come out of samadhi, or we've got none, zero samadhi, or one percent samadhi, you know, or ten percent, then you're coming out. Now it's like this because the conditions have changed. What hasn't changed? Well, if we've just. Uh, uh, you know, change the view, we might acknowledge the knowing that it's like this. Maybe that has become clearer because something has stopped obscuring it. The need to fill it up with knowledge, thought, self. Maybe that has stopped. Therefore, there's just a bare, simple knowing. 
then uh, this is called the um, this quality or this kind of knowing is the breaking up of nama rupa. Sounds very dramatic, but um, this this phrase is it comes up. People say, "What well, you know?" We see in the dependent origination, sankara, vijnana, nama rupa, and then also nama rupa conditions consciousness. That is the presence of a form, and then nama, various perceptions, intentions, contact impressions. They crystallize into an intention. They trigger an intention. This intention then illuminates consciousness and drives it in that direction. Right. So intention is then taken forward into a direct, into a new, dire- into an ongoing direction, becoming more, becoming uh, fascinated, becoming hypnotized by what the mind has been occupied with temporarily. Therefore, consciousness is then driven further on. Having been this, I will be that. Now I am this, I could be that. We said with the breaking up of that, with the relinquishment of the intention, of that kind of intentionality, to make, to do, to change, to develop, to have more, to arrive somewhere, to succeed, to have finally found it, whatever the line is that murmurs, the relinquishment of that. The relinquishment of intention, when one does not intend, one does not plan, consciousness does not alight. There's no coming and going. This is the end of suffering. Is the trackless consciousness. Vijnanang anidasanang. A phrase which attracts a good amount of interest. Trackless, non-manifest. Consciousness doesn't manifest the future, a past, a self or another does not manifest. It's just consciousness which is just directed. It's like this. Doesn't tremble, doesn't agitate, doesn't strive, doesn't collapse. Ceasing consciousness which is ceased. You may assume this means you're unconscious. No, it just means consciousness is not moving on. It's stopped. Why is it stopped? Because something in jitta has turned. Still, this is it, this experience. This is the consciousness of the realized one. Still alive. Still able to see, hear, think, and so on. All the faculties are present, serene and bright. What are they not seeing? Not what they're not seeing, it's it's the one who sees. He's not seeing from a position 
that intends more or less. Not seeing from the position of attainment, falling away. Past or future, self or other. Owning, designating, knowing themselves to be this or that. This is the breaking up of the self-conceit. Self is not actually an object at all, it's a series of drives to own, to have, to find, to become, to gather, to make things work. So in those, uh, a certain level of calm and ease and confidence, one can see this is, you know, that trajectory goes so far and as useful after that it just gets enmeshed in a project you can never accomplish. Now is the time to turn around. To see the seer, to turn consciousness around. Who is, who is it who sees? Who is the seer? Who is the listener? Who is the, who is present? Mm. This kind of turning around is what devotional practices can give a, a lead into. You know, devotional practices are in some ways profoundly dualistic. I salute Buddha. But of course, one knows that Buddha is just a, a name, uh, an, empty, an empty signifier. There's nobody there. It doesn't carry any resonance of, you know, wanting it, liking it, being affected by me, praising it. it just, it's an empty signifier. It just is there to evoke the quality of opening the heart. And in that, then, maybe because one is no longer concerned about winning or losing or being approved or getting it right or making something happen, it could be that when we turn our attention round to the, the one who offers, there could be a realization. What is aware? as if this empty Buddha is seeing, seeing me, with no definition, just that sense of being seen, being held, being beheld by the blessedness, by the non-discrimination, by the non-resistance, by the openness, by the sacred, And what would that be like? How much of oneself is really a protection against the suffering that could be and does occur? How much of it is just warding it off? What would it be like to be in the presence of blessedness? When we... um, 
come to realization that's the that's the domain we enter And then there's no no uh, further commenting on the perceptions and form and consciousness as it is. Mm. And this is the turning. One no longer one turns away. The chitta turns from the aggregates. It's no longer that interested or captivated or constantly placating and uh, following you know the pressure of the aggregates turns away it's enough and turning away to the deathless mm. the blessedness the awareness that has no discrimination no, doesn't manifest anything, trackless. This is sublime, this is peaceful. The stilling of all this concocting, the relinquishment of all this attachment, destruction of craving, dispassion, ceasing, nibbana, blowing out, blowing out of the flame of uh, pushing onwards, firing onwards, burning up. So how do we practice this? I think... uh, you know, there's this renowned piece of advice that, um, again, one of the, the little thing that attracts good amount of attention. When uh, Anuruddha, Bhikkhu Anuruddha, who had considerable attainments, he could review this psychic eye. He could see all the devatas. He was a great devata studier, and, he, and so he had this divine eye which could review the subtle elements of the cosmos and uh, so he was clearly a accomplished being but he wasn't an arahant and then Sariputta so he said to Sariputta you know I, I don't quite get it my got strong mindfulness you know I could see the tenfold world system with a luminous eye and still my mind is not settled I'm sorry, Buddha said, all this stuff about the tenfold world system, that's just conceit. All this stuff about mindfulness is just, you know, too much effort. All this stuff about your mind is just distraction. Why don't you just give all this up and incline towards the deathless instead? That sort of, you know, takes the wind out of your sails a bit if you've been got a little bit puffed up about seeing devatas. You know, but it's really <laughs> even a very good self, powerful self, is still looking out, isn't it? 
when we look out, when we look down, and we look in, we look out, we look there, we're mindfully looking at this. Yeah. Uh, strong, strong mindfulness looking at this. Where is it? <laughs> and then say, well, you know, you turn it around. What's looking? You know, what is it? What is it? What is it that looks at you? And you, you, you know, you can touch into that. You can begin to see. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's where it starts to begin, doesn't it? Because. What looks at me is often self-consciousness. You know, you get something when you re- it starts to charge, measure. What if it just look with a quality of blessing and non-proliferation? What would that be like? So this is what, say, and this just themes like this, the things to, you know, you may pick up one or two notions in that. Oh, that's interesting. That maybe help to tip, turn things around, turn things around from the one who seems to be the subject searching for something, object, to that which sees the subject. That's the subject relinquish their definitions of themselves. Say